Hey, hey, hey. Sir Charles Carey here and my co-host, K-Fit. How you guys doing? Okay, okay. K-Fit, how you feel today? I can't hear you. Who's this? Who's that in the green room? Whoever that is, they're not supposed to be on this page, so I don't know who they are. All right, so we got to get started. I don't know what the technical difficulties are, but we are live. Hey, folks, Sir Charles Carey here, and we're coming back to you with another good show. You know, when I say good show, I know I may say that frequently. That's because I try to pick and choose people who really have something to say and something to offer. Uh, this young lady is a former student of mine. She's worked on a lot of different things, and um, to be quite honest, I think her story is amazing. I think her story is the type of story that you read about, uh, the type of story you see TV movies about, <clears throat> excuse me, you see motion pictures about. So, uh, and the t check this out, the title of her book, God Likes the Sound of Good Times. And I know you probably say, well, what kind of story is that? Well, she's going to tell you a little bit about it. We're going to go from the past up into the present. And here comes my co-host, K-Fit. How are you today, K-Fit? Hi, how are you? Good evening. Okay, okay. Um, we are ready to rock and roll. I just did a brief intro of our guest today. And um, again, I'm going to introduce to some and present to others, Gino Lee Sidbury, the author of God Likes the Sound of Good Times. Let's bring her on up from the green room. Let's see. There she is. All right. All right. Perfect. So, Jean, how you doing? I am awesome. How are you all? Okay. I need you to get a little bit more to your right so you can be in the camera. We can see your whole face. Is that other better? side. Other right. Your other right. <laughs> no, right. I saw it was going out that way. So, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Perfect. Right there. there right go. there. Now, let your camera adjust on you. Yes. Yeah, that's perfect. Rocking with the class all and right. polish all day long, right? I know. I know how y'all yes, do I see yes. it. Okay, so, you know, um, I know we have had the opportunity of working together. Uh, when you took the Tell Your Story, Live Your Story, Be Your Story uh, class, and that's how I caught wind of your story. But before we jump in with your story... Uh, tell us a little bit about where you're from originally. Yes. Well, first, let me just thank you both for sharing your platform with me. I really appreciate it. I am from Cleveland, Ohio, and I okay. currently live in Huntsville, North Carolina. <clears throat> okay. Okay. You say Huntsville? I live in Kernersville, North oh, Carolina. Okay. 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 Kernersville, North Carolina, from Cleveland, Ohio. Yes, sir. A lot of my musical influences are from Ohio. I tell you, you know, tell you, Ohio, <laughs> Ohio players. I think the Barclays. You know, there's a yes. bunch of groups that yes. came out of Ohio. Yes, yes. Sir. So, how was Ohio for you growing up until I don't know whatever time that you left? 
Well, it was a mixture. In my childhood, my home was like the soul food home, you know. Uh, we had a happy home, and then my Kool-Aid uh, home turned into, the Kool-Aid house turned into the trap house. Mm. Um, when I was about 14, 15. Okay. Okay. Yes. Wow, that must have been um, eye-opening, to say the least. Very. Okay, very, okay. Very and, and did you, how long was it that you stayed there before you moved on? So I moved out when I was about 17 years old. Okay, okay. Yes. I want to see if I could show, and I don't think I'm going to be able to show it, because uh, for some strange reason... Um, my computer is stuck on a feature I was trying to use early. I wanted to be to show people the the um, cover of your book because it's very interesting, very innovative, very creative co cover. Um, Thank you. I like. Uh, I don't know if this is going to do it any justice, but yes, beautiful. I remember that. I love it. In fact, let me. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. There you go. God likes the sound of good times. Yeah. Thank All you. right. But um, so now, before we even get into the book any further, tell us a little bit about Class and Polish. What is Class and Polish about? Sure. Class and Polish is a clothing brand that I started about overcoming with balance, power, and poise, um, dipped in Class and Polish. You know, so um, even though the words weren't said in my home too much, I mean, I lost my grandmother's very young and my mom got on crack when I became a teenager. I pulled from those memories and I thought about how they always had class and polish about themselves. And that just stayed with me to have class and polish about myself when I'm out and about. I'm not just representing them, um, myself, excuse me, but also them. And of course, I raised my daughter and grandbaby that way to just always have class and polish about yourself. You're not just representing yourself, but also me when you're you're out and about in the streets. And so our tagline, by the way, mm -hmm. is controlled actions equals power. So is it a clothing clothing line? Yes, yes it is. Okay, okay, nice, mm -hmm. nice. And what inspired you or motivated you to want to write a book? <clears throat> uh, well, the traumatic experiences that I've had um, and I know that I worked the hand that I was dealt. So I wanted to share my story um, because I know that my story, I just want to help one person at least that would make me so proud. But I know my story is the key to unlock someone else's prison. I didn't go yeah. through all of that for nothing, you know? Right. It's a testimony <clears throat> and it's told, you know? So can you tell us a little bit about the early beginnings of your story? Sure. So my father was murdered when I was nine years old. He was shot in the back of the head. Wow. Right around the corner. Yeah, right around the corner from my home at a bar uh, on a Friday uh, weekend. He was going to come pick me up. And uh, I was sitting at his funeral uh, reading the obituary. And I, I was all, you know, his only daughter. I read the obituary and found out that I had a half sister. My full name was there, Gino Lee Jamae Sidbury, and then it said Heavenly. And I'm 
saying that, and I'll come back to the sister part, um, but then young love happens. Um, when I was 14, I got pregnant in high school, my high school sweetheart. And um, after having my daughter, Janisha Bryant, um, when she was six months old, my grandmother was murdered, my mother's mother. And my daughter's father went to jail for murdering my, my grandmother. Wow. So it flipped our household upside down, you know? Um, I lost my daughter's father and my grandmother and my mother at one time, technically my mom, because she went to the streets and was a party girl and was hurting and didn't know how to compartmentalize that, of course, um, but was hurting rightfully so and turned to crack and selling crack, doing crack. And um, yeah, and so I was, that was the beginning of me becoming my mom's mom. And how old were you at that time? 14, 15, wow. 15. I had my daughter at 14 and I was 15 when this happened, when my grandmother was murdered. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, I know that story and that life all too well. You know, that was part of my story. Um, you know, and I tell people a lot of times that <clears throat> no one says when they grow up, they want to grow up and be dysfunctional or that they want to grow up and be an addict. But because of circumstances, peer pressure, stress, you know, whatever. Sometimes that happens to many of us, and uh, a lot of us do not make it out alive, which is one of the That's many right. reasons why I tell people on a regular basis, uh, I'm grateful. You know, they say, how you doing? I'm grateful. What's going on? I'm grateful, you know, and the reason is because I was able to overcome those obstacles, so I definitely understand uh, how challenging that life can be because I even... Uh, expose or my children even suffered because of my choices. <clears throat> so, you know, at 14, you were starting to experience these things. And, you know, what kind of impact did it have on you? Did you really realize what was going on? Or were you still kind of green about, you know, the shift in your, your parents? Well, I knew not to blame myself. When I was younger, I felt like a, a woman in a young girl's body. And as parents, we don't know what our children know until they show us. But me living this, I know now, being a mother and grandmother, how I felt. So, you know, and it just really helped me to, I was, I was very mature just at a young age was the bottom line. And I knew not to blame myself, first of all. Okay. You know, um, I knew a part of me felt horrible that my daughter's father, you know, went to jail for murdering my grandmother. And that mm -hmm. can really just send someone into deep depression and anxiety. And something in me just said, don't blame yourself. It's not your fault. You know, that's very mature and of you because most people don't know how to differentiate themselves from their circumstances and in fact most people use their circumstances as a reason to continue that negative legacy and hopefully sometimes a positive legacy but unfortunately in many cases it's a negative lifestyle that turns into a, a, a tragic uh, generational curse 
of occurrences. Yes. So kudos to you for being able to see that That's at awesome. a young age. And K-Fit, I want you to know that I want you to jump in here. If you've got questions about things that maybe I haven't considered, by all means, please feel free to um, jump on in. I don't know who this is that keeps trying to come in as a guest, but they're not supposed to be here, whoever they are. But anyway, so if you got questions, K-Fit, so sure. please. Do I sound old still? You sound fine. Okay, so I wanted to know, um, what are some of your, your strengths, of course, you know, going through all of this? What are, like, the main strengths? You know, you just said it wasn't your fault, although it was tragic. So what, what are your strengths, you know, as a professional? What would you say what your strengths are? I didn't hear the last part, but I heard what are some of my strengths. Yes. Right? So some of my strengths are tenacity and just looking into my little girl's eyes that kept me focused on, I have to raise this little girl. I have to raise this little girl. So I, I've always been a grab the bull by the horns type of young lady. And to just walk through my pain, you can't walk around it. You can't brush it under the rug. You know, I would kick and scream and uh, and then just keep it moving, just straighten my crown and keep it moving. And I, I got very good at it. You know, I remember raising my hand in, in elementary school when I was nine years old, you know, little did they know my mom and my grandparents were still around then um, not to send me back to school, get me some counseling, et cetera. And I remember raising my hand, um, asking, can I go to the laboratory? But it was to go cry. And I would wow. stand and I would cry. And then I would wash my face. For hearing Diana's raw too, do you like the things that life is showing you at nine years old? Wow. And I look back at that little girl and for that song to pop in my head at nine years old is really amazing to me. Um, but I washed my face and I practiced my smile in the mirror and I went back into the classroom. And I think that's where that started, where, you know, you know, don't let them see you sweat. And, you know, there's a time to be vulnerable and a time not to be. Wow. Yeah, that's that's pretty powerful. And, you know, in addition to those being your strengths, what would you say, and K-Fit, I want you to jump back in. What would you say are some of the lessons that you've learned at that stage? I know there were more lessons later, but at that stage, what do you think the lessons you had learned? I learned early on that people don't, most people, you know, we all have a story, um, but it's important to seek wise counsel because, and, and be careful who you talk to. And like I said, who you're vulnerable with because um, most of the time people really don't care. Yeah. You know, they're not listening. They don't see you. And we mm -hmm. all just want to be seen at the end of the day. But people don't care. And and when you're not like that, it's hard to wrap your brain around it. I'll never get used to it. Um, I yeah. don't think. But they, I deal with it. Yeah. But yeah. They say that so um, I become very you know at, a, at an early age <laughs> they say that babies <laughs> cry they say babies mm -hmm. cry for it men die for it and that's attention i think we all are deserving yeah. and we all need attention at certain points in our life sometimes we need it at certain points more than other times but 
especially in those early developmental years, and I don't mean as an infant, I mean even as a young man, as a young woman, you know, about to enter the world or you're already in the world, maybe in your 20s and, you know, you want to make sure that you're making the right decisions. And, of course, in your 20s you think you know, but it's always great to have someone that you can turn to to ask uh, what are the consequences or what do, you know, an older person think that you should do when you're at that stage. And it's it's kind of difficult sometimes, I'm sure, uh, to know when you're choosing uh, the best thing for you at certain points. So, K-Fit, come on, jump in. What other questions do you have? I wanted to know, what advice would you give your 18-year-old self? If you can go back and have a conversation with Jean at 18, what advice would you give her for Jean's future? Wow. Yes, very good question. Wow. I would say be still Mm. because this is just the beginning. It it was just the beginning. To, To be still and to just listen to, I learned to listen to God's voice and the God and, and me. And that's what got me through. We call it women's intuition. I think maybe just women listen a little more. Maybe <laughs> that's why they call it women's intuition. But we all have that God in us and that voice in us. And that's what got me through. And I learned to listen to that because it never stirred me wrong. It never will. Um, You're right. I didn't know, I didn't know, I wasn't clear on what it was. I thought it was just my intuition and my gut and I learned what it was. It's the God in, in me and in, in us, you know? And so that's the most important thing I think we um, need to listen to, you know, and to just know when to be still and pray. Yep. <clears throat> so you, you experienced a lot of tragedy, I know. Um, what other traumatic because i believe you shared about two uh people that were really close to you that you lost your dad and was it your grandma or your mom that's right my grandmother right so you lost two people really early um what uh, were there other tragedies that would soon follow yes so when i was about 19 um i was engaged and my fiance was murdered, um, a drive-by shooting while he was outside fixing my daughter's bike in front mm. of our apartment building. Yeah. Wow. Yes. That, that's that's, that's and, horrible. Um, was this also in Ohio or was this in where you're currently living in the state you're in now? Okay. Th- this was all in Ohio. Oh, okay. This was all, all in Ohio. In Ohio. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so it was. it was one thing after another where... There was a time when I wondered, I asked myself if I would ever smile again. Mm. And to be a young lady asking myself, you know, or God, will I ever smile again? That's a lot to take on. That's a lot to endure, man, you know? So I I definitely get it. Yes, yes. Here I am at a mm -hmm. teenager burying my fiance and common law husband. You know, and um, I mentioned, you know, I want to circle back if that's okay with you all, because I mentioned my sister Heavenly, and I don't want to forget about that. Um, Just in January of 2020, 
um, right before COVID, I was on social media. Well, first of all, I had been looking for her when I got on Facebook um, and, you know, which was in like 2011, I was late on Facebook. And um, I know she was probably still in Ohio. So I looked up Heavenly, didn't have a last name in Ohio, didn't find anything. And in 2016, a Heavenly reached out to me uh, on Facebook. She inboxed me and I knew it was her. Nice. I knew it was her. And I said, and she asked me, you know, do you know um, a JB Wright? That was our dad. My mom gave me your information, etc. I said, sis, I've been looking for you. Of course, you know, I'm sure you have a lot of questions about our dad and you call me ASAP, you know, now if you want a kidney now, you don't know, but <laughs> I said, give me a call. And uh, we played phone tag for a while. And I went to go visit her in Ohio and she stood in Ohio and she stood me up and I didn't understand it, but I thought maybe she just saw me on social media and thought a certain way and compared our lives, you know? And so we never really got together like I wanted to thought maybe she got cold feet. I, I got, I understood that. So I wanted to just give her some space and time. And um, we never got that time um, on social media she was very active for a few years, you know, every Mother's Day, birthday, and so was I. She was right there, holiday. Long story short, uh, January of 2020, I was on Facebook, just scrolling through one morning, and a mutual friend posted, rest in peace, Heavenly and William. And I jumped up out of bed because I know that was her, I knew that was her husband's name. And Lord behold, it was, it was her and her husband. They were high school sweethearts, um, six kids, think of two together. Um, someone shot them both in their truck in the back of the head in Ohio. And when I tell you, <laughs> I knew that was my sister. I didn't need a DNA test or anything like that because how I felt inside, you know what I mean? And um, when I saw that she was murdered, just like our father, <laughs> my knees buckled. And so it inspired me to come forward with the book and my clothing brand um, because there was things that I hadn't moved on that I just had in my back pocket. But now I understand why I hadn't moved yet. My story, I, I thought it was time to write the book, but it, it wasn't time. You know, What part of Ohio was this? Um, I think it was Lyndhurst, the okay. suburb that they were in where it happened, actually happened. Well, you know, I think that there's a lot that you've gone through, a lot that you have seen, and I definitely think this is one of the reasons why I initially thought that, um, thank you, somebody told me I was muted, I was muted trying to speak earlier, thank you, um, Natasha. Um, I think that um, the things you've gone through are lessons for someone else, uh, whether they're young people or just people in general, uh, to learn how to rise and how to keep fighting in life. And I commend yes. you tremendously for, you know, wanting to tell your story, not just here, but in your book. God likes the sound of good times, you know. And I think that the joy that God will be listening for and that he will be liking is something people should have an expectation of for their lives. And I think that your book, honestly... Once it comes out, it's going to be um, really appreciated. Now, what is the site uh, that your book 
the landing page that it's on that people can pre-order your book yes that's god likes the sound of good times dot, dot com square, oh dot I'm sorry square. dot square yes dot square like the shape okay. Okay. dot site okay okay god likes the signs of good times dot square dot site you got it okay cool 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 um listen um i think that there is still a lot to unpack i don't want you to give it all away but i really think that uh you know it's funny because the things that we see in social media and the things that we see in uh the news you know a lot of it is traumatic and dramatic and your story is very real although it has a lot of trauma and drama and i think it's going to draw people in and i'm just hoping that they're not drawing in because of the set of occurrences but the lessons that can be learned from it because you're still here you know you have still risen you have still uh found a way of uh fighting through all the muck and mari and you're trying to tell that story and you don't want for the lives of your loved ones to be in vain so i think that is a, a tremendous effort Okay, someone says they're just listening for a few minutes, but uh, that's a lot to deal with. Yes, her story will only help raise others. Absolutely. Uh, okay, Fit, what else you got for uh, our guest today? What other questions or comments? So listening to your story already, although I, I kind of know you a little bit, I kind of know some of it, um, you know, hearing the trauma, I assume that at some point you wanted to have an alter ego you wanted to be somebody else to escape what you were going or you wish you had abilities to block out some things so with that said did you ever feel like you wanted an alter ego maybe you wanted to fly away from the problems maybe you wanted to vanish and poof you ever thought about any alter egos you wish you could have had during those times or you got through it that would have like made you feel comfortable um, you were breaking up a bit, Keishel, and I, I didn't hear everything, but I think I got the meat and potatoes of the question. You're asking me if I have ever thought about just wanting to get away or outside of myself or have an alter ego, right? Pretty much. Like, for example, if you had, if you could have had an alter ego throughout that time, what would it have been? Oh, wow. I, I really... I really don't think I could answer that question intelligently because I've never wanted to run away from a problem. You know, um, I've never wanted to be that person. That's something that I knew better to do. Um, and I've just always been that way. And, and I just, I really came here like that. I, I'm, I am really very good at facing my problems and just handling things head on. You know, they're, they're not gonna go away, you know. That's that's something, you know, my mom's like that, you know, stick, she sticks, you know, you stick your head in the sand type of person. And I've just, I've never been that way. Never been that way. So I hope I, I answered tell you, your I got question, much respect but... for that because you know what? We live this life one time and to make the best of it, you must take action. And even though not taking action is a decision and is an action in itself, but it's not the type of action that's going to yield results. So I definitely have a lot of respect for being an action taker, 
you know, not an ostrich that sticks his head in the sand. And I understand what you meant with that example, but I'm just a forward-thinking, big-picture-thinking type person, so I can I completely understand. What other questions do you have, KFET? We normally um, ask certain questions. Up at this point? Sorry? Am I still breaking up? Because you said you couldn't really hear me that clearly. Uh, you are a little bit, but you can ask your question. Yeah. Okay, so my next question for you, Jean, would be, who were the mentors, you know, throughout this time of tragedy? Were there Was there a specific person, since it was all immediate family that was taken from you, with all of that, were there any mentors around around you outside of that? Um, the mentors were the memories of my grandmothers, Maddie Jean Prayer, who was murdered, and my great-grandmother, my big mama, Ophelia O'Neill, and then Oprah, watching her on TV, she was my TV mom. I would come from high school and watch her on television. Um, and just, she inspired me, you know? She inspired me to lose weight when I was a teenager when she pulled that wagon of fat out back in the day on her show. You know, I, I, I left school a chubby kid and went back just looking totally different. I lost a lot of weight. Kids didn't even know who I was. So she was my TV mom. It was most, mainly TV uh people you know uh on television uh debbie allen um diana ross you know i, I saw the movie lady sings the blues and i wanted to know gardenia <clears throat> what does it smell like i, I want <clears throat> to it must be beautiful you know i i, I ran the rev code to try to buy some gardenia perfume you know so with that being said it was mainly the memories from you know uh my heritage and um uh, my uh my television moms. That's I think that's I fine. From. I mean, you know, a lot of times people don't realize that we may not know certain people, but their stories can still inspire us and motivate us to take action. And uh, they can be a pattern, a blueprint, if you will, for us to know how we like right. to live our lives. And, you know, maybe one day you will get to meet that person. Maybe you won't. But they can still have impact, you know. <laughs> We're going to claim it. I will. I will. There, there you go. Because I think um, if she still had a book club and your book was to come across her her desk, I think that would be something she would probably like fly through and and just engross herself in your story. So uh, you have, like I said, you have a phenomenal story. So, but um, what else is on your heart, Jean, that you would like to share about your story about the path that you're on right now? Um. I would say life really comes full circle and I am just wide open and wide. I've always been, I was very serious when I was younger because of all of this and certain relationships taught me to lighten up. You know, you just pull from different places, you know, lighten up. It's okay. Um, but one thing that I'm learning is very important is to put God first to pray about everything and worry right. about nothing because God really does like the sound of good times. And he gave me this title and it was nice. an eye opener for me the way it was given to me. I had a totally different title and it was eye opening for me the way he gave it to me. I, I had a dream and mm -hmm. I prayed about the title that I had 
And I said, God, I hope this is the title. I prayed about it literally that night. I had a dream that I lost my cell phone and someone found it. And I, you know, called my phone and a woman answered and said, hey, I'm going to leave. I'm on my way to work. I'm going to leave my your phone with my son. He gets off third shift. Give him a call in a little bit and you come get your phone. I called a few times. He hung up on me. Long story short, the last time I called, I'm like, sir, I just want to get my phone. Sorry to bother you. I know you work late. Your mom told me. And he said something and it, it sounded muffled. And I said, sir, what did you say again? And this is still in a dream. And he said, God likes the sound of good times. And I woke up. And when I woke up, I had this feeling come over me. It was this burning inside and also a feeling of comfort, you know, and I knew that and I knew it was my title. And how can you not get so overwhelmed that God gave you something like this? And I had to, I had to do, I had to use it. You know, I, I knew it was my title. That's so great. it was, it was something else to have that experience. And it, and it taught me a lot. So just so that I have it right. So again, it's God like the sound of good times dot square dot site. That's correct. You got it. Okay, good, good. Folks, if you get a chance, go pre-order the book. Um, as you see, there are so many twists and turns, and it's not made up. It's not a uh, fictional story. This is someone's life, someone's true-to-life experiences. And I know we've all experienced various uh, degrees of tragedy, but, you know, there's a lesson in it if you want to see uh, the other side. You know, I mean, you know my story somewhat. Uh, I never thought of it as something I'd like to talk about, but now I talk about it almost every time I, you know, have a, a, a keynote or a, a public address because someone can benefit from my story. It's not something I'm ashamed of, but it's something that someone can learn from. K-Fit, what else you got? Sure, so my next question, I was looking at my notes now. Um, this one is kind of different, but um, what is happiness to you? Happiness to me is just being wealthy, not financially, but mind, body, and soul. That's true happiness and just having that relationship with God, with our higher power, whoever you believe in, whatever you call him, it doesn't matter as long as it makes you a better person. Mm. Yeah. And um, also, you know, just keeping it real and being honest and not lying to our children. Yeah. You know, so 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 they can make the best decision for themselves. You know, mm -hmm. I, I really do pride myself in just keeping it real and honest with my daughter and um, just, just focusing on my health and my spirit, my mental health. I have a, a therapist and psychiatrist and that's something that I just acquired in the last two years. It should have happened a long time ago. Mm -hmm. You know, I was my own psychiatrist and therapist, but when this happened with my sister and then also my daughter's father died <laughs> in jail, by the way, in 2017 from wow. cancer, he was going to go in front of the board for being released um you know right before a, a, a few weeks before he was going to go in front of the board and possibly to be released after doing 30 years in jail wow you know and so that was an awkward position to be in too because we would always get the letters as the victim's family my mom would 
And then, of course, this is my daughter's father. My daughter's 34 now. So I thought my biggest fears would, you know, be him coming home one day and I'm chopped liver and I raised her my whole life. <laughs> and now I'm chopped liver. And I never expected it to end like that. And that really hurt me, too, because I thought back to that young man that walked me home from school that I fell in love with that was singing Luther Vandross to me. You know, we forgave him if he did it and believed him if he said when he said he didn't. We we still don't have all the answers, but it's about forgiving because it really releases you. It's really right. for you. And right. so wow. all of those things mixed together, you know, mm -hmm. um, really, really. And calling yourself out on your own crap. <laughs> yeah, I'm down you with know? that. Pro I'm down with it's that program really, as really, well. Yeah, what really makes you a great person and knowing when you're not good company, you know, yep. if, if you're going through something, you know, it's, it's it's not okay to take it out on other people, you know. Oh my just goodness! <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> you know, yes, indeed. Um, I'm very good at knowing when I'm not good company and just shutting it down, you know. And um, those are things that we we really need to learn because. A lot of times, you know, we may go places to a restaurant or somewhere and someone's mean to us. And I had to learn it's not about you, mm. you know, because you've gone through a lot. Maybe you didn't handle it that way, but you don't right. know what that person is going through. Exactly. And so you know, it's, it's not always about you. You know, it's funny when you speak about having therapy or treatment, that's something our community shuns itself from because we look at it as, you know, that's what white people do. Or we look at it as, um, I ain't telling nobody my business. Well, you know, exactly if you saying. ever try it, <laughs> you will find that it can be very relieving, uh, very, um, how would you say, uh, revealing as well, because you may learn something about yourself. And uh, they're some of the best of the best. I'm talking about wealthy, rich, popular, uh, whatever you want to call it, even in the religious uh, circles, they have a mentor. They have a spiritual advisor, right. a spiritual leader, a therapist. Right. And there's nothing to be ashamed about uh, having a therapist. I have had uh, therapy off and on different times in my life, uh, going through mm -hmm. different things and, you know, just needing a non-biased party sometimes to speak about things. And if people shun that, that's on them. I know what works for me, so I'm good with it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, mentors need mentors, coaches need coaches, and as you level up, you you, you need them as well. You know, absolutely. Uh, one that is higher than you, you know, and may know more, you know, than you and can pour into you. Mm -hmm. So, K Fit, what I'm do totally you got before we close out? I wanted to know from you, if you could live your best life, as we all hear so many people say on social media and loose talk, live your best life, live your best life. If you could live your best life, what would that mean to Jean? Oh, yes, that would be just changing and helping one person with my story. Um, I could say my being, you know, number one on New York's bestseller and, and meeting Oprah and, and it be, becoming a movie. Yes, of course, I want all of those things. But more importantly, just helping people, you know, um, with my story. You know, I, I, I prayed about um, being surrounded around the right people and, and finding my tribe and having those friends that will pour into me, you know, and getting rid of those that I can party with 
and having those around me that will pour into me and that I can go into business with, right? And then once I moved, it started to happen. So I feel like I'm living my best life right now because statistically I shouldn't even be here. You know, I should still be in Cleveland with maybe 10 other baby daddies or six feet under. But uh, honestly, I just want to help help people with this story. Well, Jane, I want to say thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing uh, some of the tidbits of your story. I know that there's so much more to unpack. Um, I'm sure it's going to be uh, one of those stories that people, it's a page turner. You know, you just you just can't get enough, you know. So um, uh, with that being said, folks, go out and check out God Likes the Sound of Good Times dot square dot site and pre-order your copy. Um, support her on this venture of trying to, you know, help others by sharing her story, being vulnerable. And that's something uh, that we all, I, I must be honest, we all like to uh, shun being vulnerable because we think it's a sign of weakness where the truth is, the more open you are, it's really a sign of strength, a sign of courage because it takes a lot internal fortitude to tell or reveal your stuff. So if you can't reveal your stuff, maybe that's something you need to work on. Uh, with that being said, folks, uh, thank you for your time. And as always, say so you got to radiate the brain and change the game. And until next time, 